Hello, thank you everyone for tuning in once again to another podcast on investing. And this is going to be the last in my series on the basics of investing. For those of you who are new to my podcasts, I've recorded a few on, um, again, just the basics, right? What type of account? 401k, IRA, brokerage account, etc. And in this episode today, we are going to be going through asset allocation. So if you'd like, and I encourage you new listeners to do this, go back and please catch up with the rest of us. And by the way, I'd like to give a shout out to my international listeners as well. My name is Elliot. This is Touchstone Financial Education podcast series. And I can be reached if you have any comments, questions, whatever, at touchstonefinancialeducation.com. Just go ahead and tell me what you think. Thanks a lot for those who have reached out and sent me some messages. I sure do appreciate it. All right, now on to the show. So asset allocation, what is it? I know you've seen material online, probably watched some YouTube videos, but at the end of the day, asset allocation is just a way we divide up our investment assets, whether it's in a retirement account or a brokerage account. Okay, and you know, I wanted to do this one today because the markets have been so crazy since the start of the year. If you've been a tech investor, you've seen your tech positions shrink in value since March of last year. And for the rest of us, uh, we've seen that money shrink since November of last year. So it's really relevant to not only discuss and explain asset allocation, but hopefully use it as a way to inject some discipline into your invested resources. Because let's face it, we've got to be there in the very least for retirement. 401k, 403b, 457, whatever is you have, and of course your brokerage assets. All right, so, oh, one more thing. Again, shameless plug time, touchstonefinancialeducation.com. Thanks for listening. And I'd also like to put this out there as well. If you ever have any questions, I do provide coaching services and we can set up Zoom meetings, phone calls, etc. If you would ever like to review whatever resources you have invested, I'm not an advisor. I don't want to manage assets, so the call will not be salesy. This is for you. It's an objective third party approach. Don't care who you're working with or where your assets are. We could take a look and make sure that you are on point for the goals that you are trying to achieve. Again, touchstonefinancialeducation.com. All right, so asset allocation. For the most part, asset allocation is an age-based approach to investing. All right, once we've kind of identified our risk profile, which I discussed in previous podcasts, we got to figure out how to kind of plug in the numbers, if you will. How do we choose the investments that are appropriate for us? I like to start with the age-based approach because it's simple, right? The more time in the market you have, the more likely you are to achieve your goals. And it goes without saying, the younger you start, the better you are. The younger you start, the more aggressive you can be. So those of you who are listening are, you're in your 20s, maybe early 30s, you should be at least 90% stocks and then 10% fixed income. So it's pretty straightforward. You know, if you are in that age bracket, you're 20 to 30, and let's say you look at your portfolio, you looked at your last quarterly statement, and year to date, you're down, I'm going to say between 15 and 20 percent 
It hurts, I know. It's ugly, I know. But guess what? You're on point. Your allocation is probably where you need to be. Again, that, in the very least, 90-10 split, if not even greater. Some of you I know don't even have any fixed income, and to be honest, that's okay because you've got decades to invest. As a matter of fact, this is the time to think about increasing the size of your position. So if you have extra cash, you've got three or four decades to go before you retire. This is nothing. This will be merely a blip on your road to investing for the rest of your life. All right. Now, for those of you who are around 30 to 40, kind of the same thing. Let's be honest, right? You still have decades to go. You could still be aggressive in the market. And even if you're a moderate investor, hopefully, you know, you're about an 85-15 split between stocks and fixed income. And you notice how I didn't say bonds because I'm going to segue into bonds later in this podcast. And I also want to discuss I-bonds, but back to it. So if you are 30 to 40 and you're 80-20, 85-15 and you are down year to date, you know, about uh, 13, 15%, you're on point. I know it's ugly again, same thing with the 20 to 30 year olds, but that tells me you are invested appropriately for the long haul. So hopefully your retirement accounts kind of reflect that. Now, some of you have the target date funds, you don't have a choice. They have set it for you and you're good to go. For those of you who prefer to set up your own allocation, you know, Check out those numbers. Again, if you're kind of in those ranges for the 20 to 30-year-olds, 30 to 40-year-olds, you're good. Now, it gets a little different here from 40 to 50 because now we're kind of turning a quarter, a corner, excuse me. We are towards the middle of our career. We can start thinking about retirement, not based on how we're going to spend our money in retirement just quite yet because we still got maybe a decade and a half, two decades to go. But we got to start thinking about not just growth, but slowly preserving some of our resources. And so here's where the allocation really shifts, okay? So we've gone from 90-10 or 95-10 or 95-5 rather uh, to 80-20 or 85-15. Now we're looking at 80-20, 75-25, depending upon uh, where your risk profile falls. So if you're a moderate investor, your middle age, middle career, and yes, 40-year-olds, technically you're kind of in that category. Uh, welcome to this side of the fence. You should be, again, 80, 20, 75, 25, all right? So that means you're to date, you know, you're probably down, I'm going to say, you know, uh, about 10%, okay? That tells me that you've got an adequate component of fixed income, whether you're using the target date fund, so that would put you kind of at a, at a maybe a 2040 fund, nothing more aggressive than a 2045 fund or nothing more conservative than a 2035 fund if you like those types of funds. And for those of you who are, again, doing it yourself, prefer to be a little more hands-on, you know, that 75-25 split, uh, you might even have some real estate investment trusts in there. Again, starting to take a look at those income-producing investments. And of course, 50 to 60, the slide continues, meaning you're going to go ahead and have more fixed income than stocks. And I'll tell you what, 50 to 60 is also interesting from my perspective in that 
not only do you have stocks, but the stocks you're looking at now, the funds you're choosing, okay, should have stocks that pay perhaps a higher than average dividend yield. That tells me you have conservative stock positions. So you'll have equity income, growth and in income funds, high yield dividend funds, value growth funds, all right? So this is different than just having growth funds with Tesla and Google and such. Now you've got funds that will have Procter & Gamble, Clorox, maybe some natural resources, financials like the big banks, B of A, JP Morgan, so on and so forth. Stocks that have been around a long time that aren't as volatile perhaps as the rest of the market, but you are still exposed to the equity side of the market nonetheless. And the reason we do this 50 to 60 and then 60 on up is again, reducing the volatility, knowing that sooner than later, we're going to have to live on these resources. So we want to start applying some type of reliability to the resources we've already saved. So if you're in that range of, let's say 50 to 60, and you are appropriately allocated, you know, you're down five to 10% this year. That's it, right? Not that much, but conversely, when the market goes back up, you're not going to perform at market levels, perhaps like the 20 and 30 year olds or 30 to 40 year olds. And again, that's by design. That's an asset allocation. And the reason I wanted to do this show today is, you know, the markets have been on a tear since 2010. And when the markets do nothing but go straight up, asset allocation becomes more of an academic exercise or something we listen to or read about. Yeah, 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 blah, blah, blah. I'm making money in the market. All right. But it's when the market goes flat or pulls back. That's where we see the significance or the importance of having an appropriate allocation. So from here going forward, I hope we all heed the lesson that the market is volatile, that the market does this from time to time. And depending on your age, you either need to protect yourself from these moves or take advantage of these moves. Again, it's an age-based proposition, okay? That's really it on asset allocation. You're using target date funds, you're good to go. Thank you for listening. For those of you who are doing it yourself, take a look at that portfolio. Take a look at that first quarter statement. Um, see where you are relative to market performance. You know, do you need to add to your fixed income position? Do you need to kind of look at more value investing? Again, equity income, value growth, okay? High yield dividend funds, all right? Just to reduce that volatility. And again, that's it on asset allocation. One of the things I wanted to do today too is just briefly kind of segue into the fixed income component specifically, because a lot of the literature out there does focus on bonds only between a stock and fixed income split. All right. But last year in 21, bonds were actually down for the first time for the entire 12 month stretch in a very long time. So if you had government bond funds all the way to moderate corporate bond funds, Okay, you are probably down in those positions uh, one to four percent. Again, negative one to negative four percent. Bonds have been dropping as we are in an environment where interest rates are going up. 
The Federal Reserve, Chairman Powell, have been quite vocal about what they're trying to achieve. So we just want to be mindful of that fixed income position, whereas before we would just let it ride because it was kind of like watching the grass grow. Okay, And that's why I mentioned a little earlier uh, real estate investment trusts or REITs. All right. Now, they're not immune to the pullback in the market, but what they do provide is a little more income, all right, as well as perhaps um, a little bit of growth as opposed to what we're seeing just in the bond market. So a lot of middle of the road REITs today, you know, I'm going to say six to eight percent on the income or the yield. If you want to be more conservative, there's four to six. And by the way, real estate investment trusts also come in many different forms. It's not just commercial real estate. That's kind of, for those of us who have invested or are investing in REITs, that's what we think of. You know, the REIT, like Kimco, for example, or, or Simon Property Group, you either own an office building or a mall. Well, okay, that's great, yes. But there are also hospitals. There are apartment uh, or residential REITs. There are healthcare REITs, and now there are things like assisted living REITs, as well as data storage REITs, which I find interesting. And I think in other podcasts, I'd like to touch on that because the data storage REITs are a balance between tech investing and income investing, right? So there is a way to build out your fixed income component around things other than just high yield common stocks like the P&Gs or Procter & Gamble, excuse me, Clorox, etc., as opposed to just having the bond component, which doesn't seem to be performing. And that's it. And I'll tell you, let's do this, because I'm going to record two of these things today. I don't want to bore you too much with the fixed income side, so I'm going to split this. And what I'd like to spend some time on here towards the end, and I'm going to record another one today, um, I-bonds, right? I've been getting a lot of questions on I-bonds, and this is for my domestic listeners for the most part. I-bonds are inflation-adjusted bonds issued by the federal government. They are designed to stay at least one percentage point ahead of inflation. They are federally tax-free, but I'll get into that more. You can purchase $10,000 per person per year. You buy them directly from the treasury. And I'd like to kind of go into how those fit into a portfolio today. Again, the fixed income component. If we have the appropriate asset allocation, yes, we are down, but we should be down relative to our goals. And hopefully our goals are based on our age, right? 20 to 30, 30 to 40, 40 to 50, so on and so forth. The older we get, the more conservative we should become. Therefore, the less volatile our portfolio is because then we could begin counting on those resources, all right? So if you're 20 to 30, this is an opportunity. Come up with more cash, add more to your positions, increase those contributions to your 401k, 40 to 50, 50 to 60, start thinking about how to make the adjustments perhaps to become more conservative, all right? So I'm going to go ahead and take a little bit of a break, and I'm going to upload this podcast. Thank you for listening. Once again, my name is Elliot. This is Touchstone Financial Education, and I just got to put this out there. For all of my coaching clients, thank you for listening. Thank you for coming to me. Again, if any of you listeners do have questions and would like a portfolio review, even if you have a financial advisor, you're doing it yourself, you're using a robo-advisory component, 
you could reach out to me and I do provide consultation individually or in a class-like setting on an hourly basis. Let's take a look at where you are. Don't want to manage your assets, so it's not a salesy call, kind of, it's more of like education, whatever it is you need, whether it's stock market, insurance, etc. Once again, thanks for listening and please listen to the next one. Thank you.